Hey y'all, it's Monica with a Deep Dives First. I was on Rebunked News yesterday and we had such a great topical rapid fire conversation that I decided that instead of posting a deep dive today, I would post that chat I had with Scott yesterday. Mostly because it's so topical and it's got stuff that I just want to get out immediately, like um, more on the new information has come to light on the alleged Mar-a-Lago raid. Also, uh, my very kind of uncomfortable and sad speculation on the circumstances surrounding Anne Heche's death. And we hit a couple of other topics just to round out the hour, but it's really something that I can't keep in the can for too long. I want you to hear it right away. So I'm putting it out today instead of a deep dive, and I hope that you enjoy it as much as I did. So grab some fins and swim along on today's Extra Deep Buddy Dive. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Rebunked News. My name is Scott, coming at you live from the Last American Vagabond Studios here in historic Franklin, Tennessee. I'm really excited about this episode, guys. I've, uh, it's going to be a fantastic, fantastic conversation. We've got a lot of questions. We're both, we're all going to be learning a lot today. We're all going to be learning a lot today. So uh, real quick, though, if you're new to the show or if you want to help support the show, I'm going to send you over to the main website here, which is rebunked.news. So you know, I was just talking to Monica a little bit before the show, like her and I have both done a lot of rebranding lately and uh, obviously coming from Truthzilla to Rebunked. And now I'm going to, I'm again, taking it another step further. So the show was called Rebunk, but I'm going to switch it over to Rebunked News. I like the Rebunked News. It's, it's already got the URL. So Rebunked News is going to be the focus. So I haven't updated that yet, that yet, but that's the name of the show, Rebunked News. And we're just going to push forward with that. So you guys, Rebunk.News is the website. You'll see all the video platforms that we're on coming at you live right now on Rockfin and then Rumble. And then it gets uploaded from there. Thanks to Matthew Raymer over at ContentSafe. ContentSafe.co helps me get my show out to all these rest of these video platforms. Odyssey, BitChute, uh, Band.Video. If, you if you're a content creator and you want to help uh, drive your numbers and get your show onto different platforms, definitely uh, go visit MatthewContentSafe.co or get with me and I'll get you in touch with him directly. Also on all podcast players. So if you take a moment, subscribe on Spotify, Apple's iTunes, anything like that. Leave a five-star review and a rating. I'll try and shout you out. Let's see. A great way to support the show, the show is on Subscribestar. So Subscribestar is, uh, oh, 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 is a uh, uh, free speech platform from what I can gather. Like I haven't heard of any censorship issues. All the subversive content creators seem to be on there and doing fine. So Subscribestar.com forward slash rebunked. We're up to three subscribers right now. Uh, thanks to Buzzkill Cody, she jumped on last week. So let's let's try to get to four by the end of the episode. Um, I got more premium content coming your way there. So uh, let's see, subscribestar.com forward slash rebunked. Also, uh, we got the t-shirt shop live and full effect, rebunk.news forward slash shirts. We've got the regular show logo, a few different designs, compliance is violence, can't depopulate an idea. I see false flags. We are many, they are few, and a few other designs there. So um, also, again, by supporting... The show, by getting a shirt, you're also support, supporting a local liberty-minded t-shirt shop in Beaverton, Oregon called Big Frog T-Shirts. So shout out to them for helping uh, helping me bring that to you guys. Um, another new sponsor of the show is uh, Autonomy. Richard Grove was on a few weeks ago, and they were kind enough to offer me a link to their autonomy course. So if you feel like you need some more autonomy in your life, you want to learn some more life skills to help you grow your business, or if you're tired of being in the rat race and you want to learn how to escape and break free of that, if you look in the episode description, there's a link to the autonomy obstacle course. So just go check that out and uh, let me know. Let me know how that goes for you. Totally. Like, um, it's one of my goals in life is to be able to take this course one of these days. And so, uh, yeah, help, help yourself by, uh, by checking it out. Um, let's see. And then the last thing is truth TRS. So heavy metal detox spray, truth TRS at truth TRS.com. Uh, just five sprays on your, in your mouth a day helps absorb and eliminate the heavy metals that have accumulated in your body. It's just a fantastic product, you guys. If you go to Instagram at TruthTRS, uh, there's a bunch of testimonials on there from all the people of just amazing benefits over the years that people have had. It's just a fantastic product. I've used it off and on uh, for the last couple of years, and it's just super, super fantastic. All right, guys, I'm so sorry. Thank you so much for enduring all that with me. And without further ado, the world, like literally just uh, always an, an amazingly, overwhelmingly good uh, source of information, uh, unique takes, 
and coiner of many, many phrases, which I really always appreciate. So Monica Perez from Monica's Deep Dives, welcome to the show. That was great. You're like a wrangler. You make the make the kids laugh so that you get a good picture. That was fantastic. I'm glad you like my little Monica-isms. And thanks for having me on. And I love your logo. I hope that's not going away. At least use it for something with the uh, the jet, the chemtrails, or I don't yep. know what is the proper way to say it. The social, the social, the solar <laughs> engineering management, or I don't know yep. what. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. That's, yeah. That's what it is, man. That's what it is. So who knows? We're just all just rebranding. We're just growing, innovating, doing fun, new and exciting things. So yeah, you gotta keep a little bit about. Tell us a little bit about your new project because uh, I feel I feel like most people know you from the propaganda report yes. and you, Union of the Unwanted and various other shows. But tell us about this new project that you got going. Thank you. It's uh, I would say this is like the kind of third manifestation of me. I first had the Monica Perez show on WSB and it died of COVID pretty early on. And then my sidekick from that show and I did the propaganda report, the drive time news blast, uh, Brad Binkley. We did news of the day every single day, like 10 stories a day. It was a lot, a lot of work. And it was a little, little depressing, but um, to keep up on it, we didn't have a depressing show, but it was just a lot of work. And then I just have a lot of uh, other stuff going on. I have to travel a lot. So to do every single day was not possible, but it ended up without even my intention. I was just kind of trying to pull back a little bit. I said, well, I'll just take two headlines a week and I'll dig into those. I can do that. Just, I don't need an internet connection. I can do it right on my locally. So the sound is okay. And I ended up, uh, I just love it because I really get to the bottom of some of these questions. And I have some examples for you that came out of my recent shows, like little things I want to touch on, maybe bring some new details to you here that I hadn't touched on on my show. And then two other things I do there are, one, I do interviews with, I, when I've always kind of done this, with principled thought leaders and also subject matter experts. And then I do this new thing, which I hope that this show will be a part of, which is the buddy dive. So whenever I'm on a podcast I like, I will bring that show to my listeners, usually on the deep dives with Monica Perez feed. I, you can also find my stuff on the prop report. But uh, so I just think it's really fun to uh, just get other people's viewpoints who are following the same kind of stories, but everybody has a unique perspective and it's more fun for me. It's, it's the like upbeat version. So hopefully this is a buddy time. Yeah, that's so awesome. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And and you came on a few weeks ago when we had the Oli Demigard, uh, Charlie Robinson, Steve. Oh my gosh. Rode, you know, and yeah. I, I was, I don't know. I figured like I, everyone was just gonna like, I don't know. I need to get that episode out to everybody because I figured- Did like, you not get it out? I put it on my- <laughs> Oh, no, no, nice. that's fine. No, okay. no, that's fine. I was hoping people would just take liberties and just download the episode. I figured everybody had the know-how to do that themselves and just help themselves to it. Yeah, then I was like, I, I don't I think everybody did. So I need to, but yeah, no, I saw that. That's great. And thank you. And for that, I named that the OD, Ole Damagard, the original dive master, Ooh, because that's yeah. my thing is that the dive master thing, I was like, oh my gosh, it's like cosmic. He's the yep. OD. Yep, yep, <laughs> and, exactly. he is, and it really blew my mind because he's the only other person who, and I almost feel like it's a litmus test for authenticity. Mm. He's the only other person I know, certainly of that level, who thinks like I do that Edward Snowden and Julian Assange are mm. fake. Yeah, totally questionable at, at the very best, or at the very least. Yeah, know? I mean, a lot of people feel like it's kind of like the whole Trump Q thing in the beginning, mm. feel like they can't, you know, you. and I'm not saying it's a lack of integrity. It's just like people feel like it's just too crazy to think like maybe this is all fake. And it's like, well, mm -hmm. that's fake. Yeah, <laughs> like, I yeah. think I think that the Edward Snowden thing just fake. And I know that's fine. The way you put it, you're like, you know, Edward Snowden like won an Academy Award. Like how? I mean, a little bit. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How anti-establishment is that? If you're out winning yeah. Academy Awards for your uh, your your fighting back against the system, then yeah. there's something fishy going on here. And and Assange, I feel like if Assange didn't exist, the CIA would have to invent him. Mm. Right? Wouldn't the CIA have to have a honeypot? Yeah. Who is it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, who's who are the whistleblowers going to? Okay. Well, there you go. So that that brings me to kind of where we can jump in here because this to sure. me feels like so much of what we're seeing, like, like so much of it is like, okay. So the episode I titled it perfect storms because there's just so many perfect storms brewing at all times. And I heard you in one of your recent deep dive episodes had this quote that was so on point that I, I wrote it down. I put it in the episode description. It says, if you can't pull off a false flag, the next best thing is a perfect storm. And I was like, wow, that's so yeah good because it literally creates the same desired effect, but, but without all the, the orchestration involved in that. But 
And so we're just seeing so much of it. And and probably the place I want to jump in on is the uh the the Mar-a-Lago, the Mar-a-Lago raid. Okay. Yeah. So so that checks so many of the boxes on so many different things. And I and I heard one of your episodes, you did like a top 10 reasons what this might be. I heard coverage elsewhere that threw in another one that I wanted to see. What yeah. Tell me because I did, I uh, definitely missed a couple. This is what happens when you want to get the story out quickly. Yeah. And I did and have did, 10, but there were a couple more since then. So why do you want to go first? Okay. Well, so here's the, here's the one I heard. And I want to encourage everybody to go back and, and listen to uh, Monica's more recent episode about, about this, where she does her top 10 and then some of her mom's input too, which is hilarious. And uh, <laughs> but the one I heard was, okay, so, you know, you know the episode, the connection with the Trump family and Nikola Tesla, right? Are you familiar with that? Oh yes, I am. <laughs> okay, yes, so I am. I, I think is... I, I might have broken that story. <laughs> exactly. So that's one of my favorite, like quote unquote, conspiracies of all time. Is that whole that whole? So convoy. do people know? Should you tell them? I think I've told it on the show before, but basically, you guys. So if you don't know, if you're kind of getting up to speed, but basically, so Nikola Tesla, right? You know who knows what he was working on up to his free death. energy. We had free energy. We had the 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 death ray. So many different things that he was in charge. Like so, like okay, when you look out, everybody grows up learning about Thomas Edison, right? Thomas Edison and this and that. Which don't even get me started. Like learn it once you learn about the war of the currents and Nikola Tesla and Edison, yeah, elephant like, murderer and all that. Terrible. Yes, he's the bad guy, right? Bad. But then when you look out, when you look out into the world and you see all these telephone poles with all the little, uh, like little, I don't even know what they're called. The little boxes and stuff on them, or just look at your wall. Look at the outlet on the wall. That's all Tesla technology. That's all AC alternating current technology was brought to us from Nikola Tesla, not Thomas Edison. He had the opposite idea. So these guys were feuding for a long time back in the day. But anyway, the way I understand it was Nikola Tesla was kind of driven into poverty in a, uh, in a hotel room in New York city where he died, you know, he was just a lonely man, never dated anything. Like I think he was just a celibate man his whole life, just researching with trunks. Like I think it was like 80 trunks, just full of notes and research and, and all this, this genius, genius level stuff. And he died and they sent the U S government realized that there was like a lot of valuable information in there. So they sent somebody in there to go comb through all that research and try to figure out, uh, you know, what, what was useful and this and that. So the government confiscated all of his notes and research and the person that they hired to do it was an MIT engineer named John Trump, <laughs> Donald Trump's uncle. So the Trump family, Donald John him. Trump's uncle, John. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so, so this, as legend has it, the Trump family has been in possession of all of the Tesla secrets, all these decades. Right. And so, you know, you hear or about handed like, him over. Yeah. You yeah. Know, exactly. Handed him over probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, so that was one of the theories I heard was that like Trump had like this uh, super secret oh, technology oh that they're going into. Go, like, right. oh, <laughs> I think, I think that there's uh, my money is on. Of course, I don't know it, but my money's on that there was no raid. Okay, okay. Let's right? Did you part. see? I mean, I didn't even th realize that when I did the show the other day. But have you seen any footage of anything except for a couple of Palm Beach cop cars in front of the house? No. No, no, no. I haven't. They no. said there were 30 plainclothesmen and they took the stuff away in a rider truck. I saw none of that. Mm. None. Okay. Yes. So I feel like maybe when that chick broke in a year ago or something, that's when the Palm Beach cops were there and they just are using old footage. But I, I should probably look through the footage from that event and I bet I would find the footage that we're seeing now. Oh, geez. Yeah, probably. So, so, so therefore, okay. So then so now I think that it's completely. BS. Like I wasn't sure when I was like compiling the list of all the kind of um, agenda items for around it, but it doesn't negate the list at all. It just is like, well, now I'm leaning towards Trump. They're they're all doing it together, or mm. you know, Trump yeah. certainly is fine with it. Yeah, and so so it serves like it serves both sides of the agenda if you look at it from either different way. Like yes. like hey, one of the theories I heard was like, okay, so like let's say Trump. Like, I don't know, like, like basically to flush out a rat in his establishment, basically. Right. Like he, he knows, he knows only one person knows this information and then he gives that to them. And then if they go to the FBI, <laughs> yeah, you know, that it was that person that was, yeah. that was the leader. Yeah. You know what I mean? So but I think that. if you think like me, that Julian Assange might be fake or Edward Snowden, mm. then I don't think you think that's really what happened. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, that's, a, that seems too real, like too cute for yeah. me. But I think I think that he he launched a fundraiser the next day. The fundraiser is a leadership pack. So I really don't know how you get access to that money. Maybe it allows you to it, it may he's notoriously cheap. So he's a very frugal guy 
And it's, I don't know why he'd want to be traveling around and doing campaign, but maybe there's a way that those, that fundraising pack can pay for his travel or something. I don't know how he would benefit from any of that fundraising at all. I don't know if he's trying to keep a, a skeleton in the closet. I don't think so. I actually don't think he has skeletons in the closet, except for the fact that his family has always been really interwoven with the federal government from his father's money to his sister's judgeship to to Donald John, to uh, Uncle John Trump and his own like that, um, getting awarded the post office in DC. I think uh, Feinstein's husband was on the board of the company that gave him the lease, the 99 year lease to the Washington DC post office. I don't know if you know this, but this was my number one thing. Like Trump's an inside job because he was supposed to resign that lease the day he took office. It is not allowed to be held by an elected official. And why wouldn't they were like, oh, the emoluments clause. I'm like, it's not the emoluments clause. It's in the lease. Like you don't have to have a, it's not a constitutional crisis. That guy needs to give that up. And there were issues when he was awarded that lease that the other bidders were better qualified, made a better deal. And yet he got it. There were lawsuits filed around it. So there's just all sorts of things that make him seem part of the back and forth from the beginning. But at the very highest levels, it does seem to me that some people like Biden are more in bed with China or more in bed with Ukraine, or at least better at getting the, that kind of super high level graft. I think the Republicans are kind of bit players, but I feel like, or a second rate, they're kind of Avis and they like it because it makes them look like they're trying harder and they never have to deliver. I wouldn't really call Trump a Republican so much, but I do feel like he, he has that role. And I, I feel like he's, in it for his own benefit. I know people don't like it. My mom doesn't like it when I say that. She thinks it's sour grapes because I didn't think he was going to win. You just you just have egg on your face. That's all with him. That's your problem with him. <laughs> like it's oh, not. <laughs> and I mean, I don't know. I don't know if this 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 world can handle another another Trump uh, campaign. Like, I don't know, man. Yeah, like, I, the whole world will just fracture into a million pieces. Well, that's why, why what's so funny about my mother, because I was talking to her and she was like upset about what happened to him. She's like, that is a violation. And I know people hate rich people, but he's he's a human being with feelings. It's not right. And I don't think he's going to run. Who would want it? He's old. He's tired. He likes the golf. And uh, so I feel like. I think there is, I rarely acknowledge a human element in these machinations unless they are protecting like a family member. You know, the Masons will go to their grave with with secrets because they know that their family would be in danger if they tell. And I think, I think maybe I'm wrong about that. But so I feel like him and Biden, like they're just so old. Like, why are they? What are they what are they in it for? Like what's going on? Like is Biden really keeping the graft up, the grift up for for Hunter? Does, is that really does he really want to foster more, you know, a long a long and prosperous Hunter? <laughs> Yikes. Oh man, it's crazy. It's crazy. Well, so and then another take that that I kind of see here and this is where I really want to get your take on it too. So when we talk about so you've talked about, you know, you're, you're an anarcho-capitalist, right? Like that's, that's kind of your viewpoint. It's morphing a little bit because they've bastardized yeah. capital so much, but yes, yeah. I believe society is self-ordering. I wish I would be an agorist, but I'm agoraphobic. So okay. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Because that's kind of, you know, I've been on this evolutionary path myself. You know what I mean? Like I actually got introduced to the idea of agorism through Derek Bros, the conscious resistance trilogy, the book I read there and that un unraveled. And I started looking into like, I I'm going to be on the last American vagabond or on the uh, moving target on Wednesday. I'm super excited. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. That's awesome. Yeah. Right shout here out on Rockman. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Ryan, last man back on like yeah yeah I'm in T Lab Studios right now dude like I don't know uh, ah yeah. that's awesome yeah uh anyway so so yeah that led to like reading like you know Samuel Conkin uh, New Libertarian Manifesto that kind of breaks down the idea of agorism kind of like paints a picture of like a like a thought experiment like a world without government right like what that would be like you know and so now what we're seeing in response to the Mar-a-Lago raid in particular is just you know the discussion around dissolving the FBI dissolving government infrastructure you know what i mean which is like an anarchist dream like this is what we're here to do you know and so where are you at with that when when you hear about you know now you got all these conservatives coming on board yes let's get rid of the fbi like let's dissolve these 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 american these american institutions it, it feels like it's there's something there's something not right about it because yeah, yeah like there's perfect, definitely something not right about it in an anarchist world like we would not be having these institutions to begin with but now that there's this big push for it it almost seems like okay so who what, what is this like being brought about by like foreign 
governments? Like, is this like a, is this like a Chinese thing? Is this like an Israeli thing? Like, I don't know, man. Like what, what's going on with that? Well, I, you know, I guess at this level, I don't think about it as national, like as a Chinese, as a Israel, as mm. Iran or whatever. I don't think about it like that at all. I feel like at that level, it's very much a kind of international deep state. And that, so I noticed this about anarcho-capitalism pretty, you know, a few years ago. I was like, if you read the report from Iron Mountain, it talks about using, it's like using a world police force to scare people into re-upping their support for their national government. And then you have the other side of it where the world you know, to have a world government, they want to obliterate nation states. Mm -hmm. So when you tell me you're going to get rid of the FBI, the FBI, in my opinion, is absolutely completely unconstitutional. So the Department of Justice, too, there's no mechanism enforcement mechanism for federal law in the in the Constitution. From what I can tell, I maybe I missed something. I have to ask my constitutional scholar, but I don't think so. I think the remedy is nullification. States just I'm not enforcing that. So they put the DOJ in place after the Civil War because they still weren't getting compliance from the South. So then they had to have an enforcement mechanism. So I'm not a fan of that. However, I I do think, you know, we have these institutions, we have these structures in place, we have states, we have all this stuff. If you, what I'm afraid of is both the way the police, the police departments are plugged into like international fraternities and they get... Um, they get memos and go to DC for stuff to like get all on the same page. There's model laws. So if they can't put a federal law in place, like the red flag laws, they can't really do it federally, but they can make a model law and bribe each individual um, municipality or whatever to enforce, to pass those particular specific laws. So as I feel like they're moving towards one way or another having a national police force, which would be kind of like a military, military, a militant military kind of unit. And, and this will dovetail into the domestic terrorism. So what I'm afraid of is they'll get rid of the FBI and they'll also kind of get rid of the local police, defund the police. And then what you'll have is a federal police force, which may or may not be the actual army. Like they would, they maybe pass a little amendment for that or read the law like, oh, this is an insurrection and you're allowed to use, you know, force towards the people. And um, and the biggest problem with that is not only can you not keep an eye on your locals if you have that kind of big one enforcement mechanism, but they end up being an enforcement arm of that power elite and nothing more. They will not, if they're not there to enforce your laws, they're there to protect those people from you. Whereas when you look at like, I think it's Denny Hester, I think, and other, and the mob in Appalachia when they had that big raid. J. Edgar Hoover was still saying there's no mob. Then the local cops raided all the mob families in Appalachia, and they were like, oh, I guess there's a mob, because the local cops weren't taking the orders from the federal Bureau of Investigation. So I'm afraid that if they get rid of the FBI, we'll lose the checks and balances, and they'll continue to say that the local police are incompetent and um, like racist and abusive. Then they'll kind of get rid of that to defund the police was all about, in my opinion, federal funding for a federal kind of police force. And there was some of that at the federal level. There was calls for it, and I think there's some money for it. So I think that's all part of the same thing. Sorry, I know that was a really long answer, but oh, I was just kind of thinking about it on the fly. No, that's great. And, and, you know, in terms of like checks and balances, I feel like we've just completely lost that. Like we, the people have lost our ability to have any sort of check or balance at all, or, you know, it's not even, it doesn't even feel representative, you know, even if people get into politics with the intention of representing the people, it feels like they just get swallowed up by the system or corrupted along the way. It's like, I've lost faith in the ability to be, have any of this rectified through, you know, voting, any sort of like political process or, judicial process like i just don't feel like it's it's, it's designed that way anymore you know we've I, lost it. I think that those things are are just these like um people they the powers that be who are absolutely either in total control it looks like it was lockdown they're just sick of having to put those false symbols out there like voting and representative government they're in complete control i mean it looks to me like with the lockdown and stuff they are in complete control they want it to just be just plain and simple totalitarianism. Part of that is that you own nothing. You have no property. You can't feed yourself. You have no transportation that isn't plugged into the grid. Like all of that stuff. They're building this technocratic society 
And it's a little bit of a nuisance for them to have to allow us to fight, fight it in court or go to the polls and then they have to you cheat and then all of that. Uh, that's why I think that the lawyers, who, the good lawyers who are still fighting in courts and trying to get precedence against some of this overreach are quite possibly our only hope because they're they're exercising that process and making sure that people understand it. They know they have recourse to it, shining a light on it. And I feel like that's the, that will keep, that's why I'm like, for an, an, I'm kind of a terrible anarcho-capitalist because as we, we are living in this institutional world, which is just full of powerful institutions, you can't just say, well, if there weren't institutions, we'd still be fine. Of course, we'd be better off, but they're there and they have the power. We absolutely must keep them at bay. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the process that the, our forefathers won in the Bill of Rights, because remember, there was all that like back and forth about like, yeah, we don't want this constitution. We'll only accept it if you put the Bill of Rights in. That was a that was a concession. And I think we need to be hyper vigilant. It's our it's the thin parchment line between the world, between humanity and world tyranny is our Bill of Rights. Yeah. And, and you know, that's such an interesting take. You mentioned it a minute ago and I've heard you mention it before is that, you know, the 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 abolition of the FBI or even the Department of Justice. That's not that's not like anarchy that's actually more in alignment with what the constitution is like that's such an interesting yeah and too. but they'll replace it with something because it has a placeholder now that's the problem mm -hmm. i think they'll replace it with like the military <laughs> you know that's what i'm afraid of yeah so then maybe we could apply some of these uh principles or like libertarian principles of like you know the private security force maybe decentralized local something or another i don't know but then again right before we went live i saw this uh this this post about how like the FBI just got like, you know, they just, what was it? They uh, just arrested like a bunch of child traffickers and stuff like that. And it's like, so, I mean, I guess like in a, it serves a purpose, right? Maybe well, they're, like, they're just, of course they would have that out there yeah, so that the people yeah, can defend exactly. the FBI because another part that's always underlying all of this stuff. I think I've, I mean, you've definitely mentioned this. like, it's the conflict. It's the, they want the conflict all the time. That's why they're, they're riling people up on both sides without ever doing what Ron Paul could do, which was bring everybody together and just, you know, they're burning dollar bills. He's waving the constitution. And he's, he was, probably at heart a voluntarist but he you know yeah. he and judge napolitano and stuff are like look it's all we if we could all agree on this thing on the you know and i'm not a huge fan of the constitution replace the articles of confederation i don't even think the mm -hmm. constitution is valid i think some of the amendments were passed without being valid however it's enough so that if we were to restore it we we could we would be fine like the 19th century was fine as mm -hmm. far as like mm -hmm. federal overreach it you know I mean, I'm not saying the civil war was good or anything, but I'm just saying like it was only after they started to really federalize everything that you that the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, see, you know, that you could see the flaws that it could open the door to a federal government. But I think it's mostly violated to do that. Yeah. OK, so then therefore, do we think that maybe it's uh, Jeffrey Epstein and, and Ghislaine Maxwell's friends that are behind this whole thing so they can get rid of the FBI? Because they, they would really <laughs> get rid of the FBI, right? Like they're the behind pedos. Yeah, yeah, well, behind this. <laughs> well, they wouldn't. I mean, if it was like that, they wouldn't know what it would be replaced with either. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I assume they have those guys in their pocket already. Enough of them. I mean, I, you know, I, as I said, I think I actually think it didn't happen. I don't think the Mar-a-Lago raid happened. So it wouldn't even need you don't even need the FBI in on it mm -hmm. because, right, if, if you get the media to report it. What if what if Trump's the only one who ever really reported? Oh, no. Merrick Garland talked about it. Yeah. So yeah. he would have to be in on it. And Christopher Ray would be in on it, but no FBI agents would need to be in on it because they would just think somebody else did it. Mm -hmm. They're like, well, I wasn't there. It's like, well, okay, you weren't there, but there's a special force. You just can't see any pictures of them. You don't know who they are. So I feel like they know that somewhere along, and like James Comey was clearly an actor and a bad one at that. So at, at some level, I think the FBI is totally captured. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you know, totally captured by whoever is the deep state. Is the deep state like Epstein and Mossad? Are they competitors? Are they a competing deep state? That I don't know. Yeah, totally. Well, well, speaking of like bringing in a new and improved security police force like this again, you know, with this perfect storm that's happening, we have the IRS bringing in, um, you know, all of these agents that are like with, yes. with like regulation power. Like one of the interesting things that I learned during the COVID whole situation was like some of these branches of government or quote unquote government. I don't know how government they actually are, you know, as it turns out, but like, 
you know, you start to learn how much like law enforcement capability these organizations actually have, like the FDA. And then the FDA, they have like bad carrying, gun carrying agents that go in. And, and if you're talking about how vitamin C helps cure COVID, they're going to come shut you down with like armed FDA agents. Like, I had no idea. That's insane. And so now like the IRS is now moving in that direction. Like, how alarmed are you about that? Uh, well, I will say, I feel like we should probably start focusing when people talk about gun control. I think we might just start a little thing where anytime anyone talks about it, it's like, absolutely. I know people say it, but disarm the government first. Yeah. And then they will tell you why you can't do that, you know, because they're oh. bad people. <laughs> I was like, great. okay. So we should just always focus on that. Disarm the government first. Instead, we're rearming the government under these, while we still have like these gun control advocates in power. Because the IRS guys, a lot of them are going to have guns. Not not all of them. I think there are eighty seven thousand new IRS agents under this plan. Is is that right? Uh, which is a so, fucking yeah, yeah. lot. Yeah. It says yeah. So, and they act like it was there to increase processing time, but at the same time, they're saying it will increase revenue by quite a bit and pay for itself, which is not possible. Increasing processing time doesn't change the revenue. Everybody's going to get their money or pay their money as as it is, you know, it's not going to change the outcome if you make the processing time faster, but it will change the outcome if you greatly increase how many audits you perform. And they're like, in the articles, it would say on corporations and rich people. And I'm like, where do, I, I don't know if it's in the bill that there's specific people they're targeting, because as far as I'm concerned, if they have a limited budget, they're obviously focusing on the bigger fish, right? They're not they're They you have to do fewer audits of higher values. So the more you fly 87, you don't need 87,000 people to audit, uh, you know, the 1%, you needed to audit 87,000 people a month, you know, or whatever. And that's the problem is that they are always hitting the middle class. They uh, are doing that, I think, so that people could never go Ron Paul, the people who really pay the taxes, income taxes. So rich people, let's define them as people who don't have to work for a living. Can we just accept that? Definition. So that means that everyone who pays income tax is not a rich person, that no rich people pay income tax. So it's just the professional class. It's just the lawyers. It's just the doctors. It's just the Ron Pauls who have the education, have the income to socket a few bucks away and retire soon enough to go out and, you know, take an Ivy League education and make a podcast out of it like I do, right? So that's a problem. That's a big problem for them. And I think this is like suppression of the professional class. But I should tell people that if somebody comes to your door, IRS agent with a gun, you absolutely call a lawyer. You don't have to talk to that person. That's okay. a criminal investigation. You do not have to talk to them. You might not have to talk to any of them, but you definitely don't have to talk to them. And yeah. they can lie to you just like cops. Okay. Keep that in mind, folks. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So man, that's so crazy. I just, I just can't even believe it. So I don't know. We'll see how that unfolds. So I, I have a study here that says uh, a Syracuse university study found that the poorest families were audited at a rate five times higher than everyone else. Okay. Well, there you go, folks. Like this is a, uh, you know, and it's going to be repackaged and sold to us. Oh, this is for you. This is a convenience for you. Right? <laughs> it's so that we can process your refunds faster and get, get you your money faster. Like, but of course they slowed down the refunds in the first place, because in order to get the COVID stimmy checks, you had to file back taxes. Why? That's stupid. You don't have to do that for anything else. And uh, people who were below the level of income to file taxes had to go back and file taxes. If I'm not mistaken, I know two people who did that. Mm -hmm. And uh, so they created, the problem for no reason at all and then here we are with the solution yeah problem reaction solution everybody yeah, like problem exactly. stimulus check solution that's <laughs> yes. you know we can we can actually implement what you just said there to, uh at the beginning there like to several different arguments like how about we just like come up with like the you first party the you first party okay yeah. you want to see bugs all right you first you want us yes. to not like set our air conditioners above 70 degrees okay yeah. you first how about this you know what i mean like like yeah, vaccine mandates like, yeah exactly like let's Oh yeah, I don't trust any of these people are taking shots. Like that's just not happening at all. Like <laughs> no, and they and a lot of the governments give exemptions to their own people. Yeah, yeah, and I heard, I saw that too. Gosh, I can't, I can't remember where I heard that reported, but on that job description for the IRS, the new IRS agents who were, uh, you know, the law enforcement ones, the ones that are in the in the description said you need to be willing to like take a life if you have to. Like it said, you yeah. are not required to take the the COVID shots. So there you go. Wow. Yeah, they said that you're not going to be mandated to take the COVID shots. So. Interesting. Well, have, have you heard the developing news on all that? How they just downgraded like COVID? Uh, they said like you don't need to be within six feet. Um, 
Adam Curry, I, I heard him saying how uh, on, on No Agenda, his his quote was, uh, well, I guess now the only difference between me and a vaccinated person is that the vaccinated person can get myocarditis. Like, that's pretty much the only difference. <laughs> yeah. I'm just Although, like, I think COVID causes all those problems, too. Like, I think hmm. that COVID, I've had COVID twice already. I don't haven't hmm. had any vaccines. And I don't have any of those problems, but I think that because the vaccine is the spike protein, that is what the problem was. And I think COVID is that too, because I think COVID is as artificial. I just think that they couldn't really just spraying it on people, wasn't doing it. So they had to inject it into people, which is why you saw the big spike in that Delta after they rolled it out. I assume that's why, but I feel like people are at a higher health risk be just because they unleashed that nasty artificial thing in the world. So, but, yeah. but I'm confident that if they gave you good data, which they absolutely won't, that you would see, they've already rolled out the, the cover up and what, and wall street journal saying, why do, why are, is there such a spike in cancer, heart problems, stroke, all this stuff. And it's like, cause people weren't getting medical attention in 2020. I'm like, Oh, mm. come on. Yeah. So they'll never, ever, I, I mean, maybe someday that, but they wouldn't, separate that out from the vaccinated and the unvaccinated population. But then I would say you have to do it like another subset of people who had COVID and people who didn't. And the people who didn't had COVID or vaccinated, that's that's probably a pretty small number now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know if I ever got COVID. Like I never got tested. Oh, good for you. I felt like I got like a cold or something. And yeah, you should describe it as having just been a cold. You're in the true control group. Oh, I'm, I'm good, dude. Yeah. So we'll see. All right. Well, let's, let's jump over to some of this other crazy stuff. Like, like, so we, we covered a lot of the perfect storms in terms of just the overall big picture, you know, new world order descending so, into chaos, but unless the there's perfect storm. Yeah. yeah, just to be clear, the perfect storm is like, why are there airline problems? So like, well, they changed the rules, um, COVID backlog, uh, their cheese, I can't remember the rest of them, but there was like a whole bunch of different things that were going into like um, fuel prices and uh, cyber attacks and all of these things. And the point, and the one thing they didn't mention was a shortage of pilots and other staff who refused to get vaccinated. They didn't have to mention that. The war in Ukraine. I'm just saying, things that like why would airlines all around the world all of a sudden go down uh, or have problems storms whatever and i and they can't say like one single reason because it's just too many things so they may they throw in a bunch of things but uh this has happened people start noticing that's happening with so many events that seem unlikely that would never have happened in the yesteryear but anyway sorry well no that's that's funny and then you mentioned uh and along those lines what what's uh I don't know, Justin Bieber's girlfriend, whatever. I'll never. Yeah. Haley Baldwin. Something. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You sent me that, right? (laughs) No, 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 no. But I heard you talking about it. I heard you talking about it. Oh yeah. There's a TikTok. Like instead of saying, Hey, look, Haley, you just got injured by the vaccine. They're like, Oh, it's this and this and this and this and this. And it's just the perfect storm of all these things. Right. And, and we don't know what really caused it, but it could have yeah. been, you know, and they couldn't even, and so like they gave her, if that was even added on top of the perfect storm was like, and we have no idea. It's like, wow. So you could, no single thing could possibly explain it, but you can throw in and we have no idea. And she, she really looked like a ditz to me because she was just like, so I guess it's just the perfect storm. And uh-huh. I'm like, oh my gosh, plug your brain in. Mm-hmm. Plug your brain in. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, how about this? How about this? So I just learned about this the other day or like just yesterday, I think like Anne Heche, like what's going yes. on here? I just heard that she died. I heard someone say, Hey, Anne Heche, right. what the heck is going on here? What are your thoughts on that? You're telling me a little bit before the so, show. Yes. So I wasn't paying attention to it. I don't listen to that kind of news. And, um, she, I, it, my first take was I saw a many fiery wrecks, a lot of car accidents and stuff. And uh, I've been had my eye on this for a long time because I know they want to move us to driverless cars, to electric cars, to have everything on the grid. They don't want you to have a car in your driveway. You don't want you to have a garage. They don't want you to have a driveway. They, you know, they're worried about fossil fuels or, or whatever. They want to eliminate them. So I knew that they were targeting cars and sometimes have fake wrecks, I think. Mm. So I was falling for a couple around here because I live in LA and there was one, like six people died and there was the Anne Hage thing. So I was like, oh, just another fiery wreck. I don't know. And then, um, then yesterday somebody sent me 
uh, a picture that they had a helicopter taking a picture of the scene. So her car went into a house, I believe, and caught on fire. And the story was they couldn't get her out. The thing was on fire. They got her out. And then uh, they didn't say anything. I don't remember in the beginning anything about like the coma or whatever. But then after a while, she was in a coma, like in critical condition and stuff. So but yesterday, somebody sent me a video where they had gotten somebody. I wasn't even sure it was her. And it looked like the person was dead because it was completely wrapped up, including the face. And it was just getting taken away from what was a totally extinguished, fiery scene. Um, like a burnt out car off to the side. And it, all of a sudden on the way to the ambulance, the, the person, like the things, the seam opens and the body, it was like out of a horror movie, the body sits bolt upright and is trying to get out with blonde hair, which at first I thought had a bald spot, but then you could see it didn't. At first I thought it was naked, but if you look really closely, the person was wearing a tank top. And if you really look closely, you could see it was dirty, not like super burnt and charred or anything, but you could see there was some, there was some, you know, it wasn't clean. And I, I thought that doesn't even look like, a, you know, it looks like a female, but the bald, like the hair doesn't look female and whatever. And I kept, I was looking um, and then they said, so then I saw another picture where it zoomed in and you could see that she that was wearing a tank top. And then there was another picture, a surveillance video. She was just checking a ticket or something and you could see a picture into her car. They were like, oh, it looks like there's a booze bottle. But you could see she was wearing that tank top and it was shortly before the thing. So I now believe that that picture and the ambulance was her. Mm. And uh, in that picture, she was wearing a seatbelt. And I don't know if she looked, she didn't look great, but I'm not sure she looks super fucked up. I don't know. But so then I saw today that she was taken off life support and that she was an organ donor. And I thought she was on life support. Oh, from brain injury. So this is what is the story with organ donations. Like you, they can't, most of the organs, they cannot take out of a dead body. They can take your corneas, but mostly, so they actually created the status of brain dead in order to allow them to harvest organs from a living body. Because oh. prior to that, it would, you'd be considered alive. So I knew the baby mama of a, an organ surgeon, an organ transplant surgeon, and I know people have had organ transplants, so I'm not, I'm not trying to diss anybody, but this guy said there were some issues, like he thinks they rushed that brain dead category. And I had a cousin who they were trying to do that too. He was unconscious for a few days after an accident and they were trying to do that. And his mother said no. And then he made a complete recovery. And I was like, hey, did, yeah. did they try to take your... And he's just like, have you been talking to my mother again? I was like, no, I was just guessing. So when they said she was an organ donor, I thought um, they said she was in a coma. And I thought when I looked at when that ambulance picture, she had no brain injury at all. Like you could see she had not, there was nothing on her head that was wrong. And she was wearing a seatbelt in the thing. So maybe, maybe something collapsed on top of her head as the, you know, it was a mini Cooper. It wasn't mm. cheap car. So it didn't look kosher to me that she had this brain. To, and, I, and I thought, was she really in a coma? Like, when did she go into the coma? If she was thrashing about trying not to get taken from an ambulance. So I Googled Anne Hayes in a medically induced coma and lo and behold, that came up. So I'm like, okay, she got out. She was freaking out. She maybe has some burns. They put her in a medically induced coma and then, I mean, I, I had a sister, she has, she since did OD, but like she had a couple of OD attempts. And at one point she was in the hospital and she was like unconscious in a coma, whatever, after an OD attempt and they wanted to pull the plug. And I was like, you know, I could get a two day hangover. She, you know, I imagine if you're ODing, you could have a three day hangover, like give her a chance. And they did. And she she made her full recovery from that episode. So for me, like, even if she was in a medically induced coma and they pulled the plug so-called, she could still have been in a coma for a few days and they don't categorize that. Like you don't, they can say that you're brain dead and you don't need to be on life support, even if you're just breathing. So I really question how they make those determinations, especially given what we saw about her People aren't going to like this. It's not, I don't, you know, I don't have firsthand knowledge, but this is just how I speculate. And, but she had two sons who I assume are the ones who would be benefiting and would not want to pull the plug on her. You know, they were teens though. So, or the 19 year old, I don't know about the other one. So I wouldn't expect them, anyone to be doing it on purpose to get her money or anything. I just wonder if 
there was some bad decision making there and who's minding the store for her is she loved and that's what i was starting to wonder about like you know and I, and this is personal like i really i feel a little bad like because this is personal and it seems like she definitely died um and i'm not casting aspersions on any particular actor here but it just seems to me they rush into that decision sometimes and in her case i feel like it should be investigated Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is Ellen DeGeneres involved at all? Do you think? Oh my gosh. I, I wouldn't think so. I don't know. I mean, perhaps she knows, you know, and maybe, oh, maybe people wanted to murder her. I, I don't know about that, but I mean, oh. what do you think is, am I saying this? Do you feel like that's offensive to no. sensibilities? No, it's, it's fine. I mean, you know, I, th I don't think that questioning or asking questions about any public event is, it should be offensive to anybody's sensibilities. I think this is like, you know, when it's rooted in uh, kind of the ethos of like, let's figure out the truth here. Like if there's deception, if there's, if there's something that we need to get to the bottom of, let's have, let's ask questions like going all the way back to nine 11, right. You used to be the worst person in the world. If you questioned that or, yeah, or, or like Sandy hook, you're not allowed, you're not allowed to question that. You are not allowed and to question that. In this case, it's a rare opportunity to, kind of vet that whole brain dead organ transplant process because you don't usually have the opportunity for everyone in the world to see the person getting taken away. You follow everything that happened to them through news reports through to the declaration of brain deadness and all of that. So like this is an opportunity to really have some smart doctors or whatever, look at those at her being taken away from the ambulance and look at her medical record and say, mm, you know, we should maybe slow down on making these determinations. Yeah. And I mean, this is an industry that we know full well that exists, you know, and, and like, have you ever seen the footage? This is many years ago, like David DeLayden, I think his name is from, uh, I feel like, like somewhere in California, he was doing the undercover uh, hidden camera footage of going in and interviewing like the heads of Planned Parenthood and how they were making like deals like over breakfast or lunch. About, oh, I thought that was James O'Keefe now. Well, I, I don't, I don't know. Well, so David DeLayden, he was a journalist. I tried to get him on the show back in the day. We talked to him oh, um, and yeah. he, he got, he, and then he, and, and I can't remember his uh, journalistic partner is a female, but they were basically yeah. reporting on this. And, and this, right. was, this was in the district that Kamala Harris was involved in. And uh, she, what well, she actually then, and she was still, I can't remember if she was running for something or, or if she was in place as district attorney, but uh, they basically, issued all these charges against David Delayton and like broke in and did a, did a raid on his house and seized all of his laptops and all of his, his material too. Like wow. she was basically running cover for Planned Parenthood. But like I, we, I went in, this is, this is back in the Truthzilla days, like early Truthzilla days. And we were trying to get him on the show and had a brief correspondence with him. Uh, definitely something I should follow up on. You know what I mean? This was actually, what do you think was the story? He got chilled because of that. No, 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 no. He he's good. He's good. Um, I just feel like maybe he was busy or something. I don't know. Like, and we were just a tiny little show at the time. But like, uh, but anyway. But I mean, as the story goes, like, like they, these these Planned Parenthood people were very upfront about like you know how there there's like they were making deals like business deals. Yes, like, having these kids' organs, and it's like how yes, you know how it's a billion billion dollar industry. You know what I mean? Like like that's probably the biggest argument against uh you know illegal like, making abortions illegal is the fact that it would just like drive this billion dollar industry, which is like the most insane. Maybe. Ever, right. Yeah. And I, and I think when you are in like medical school and stuff, maybe it's the same in journalism school or lawyer school. I don't know. Law school <laughs> is that I think they, I, I mean, I remember this even from banking that you had to train yourself to accept the ethical framework of the business. So in banking, and in law and stuff, you have, you are the agent of a principal and the other party of a transaction or a lawsuit or whatever has their own agent and they are their own principal. So you're not an inquisitor. You're not a person who is supposed to go in and figure out the truth of the whole thing and make a judgment. You're supposed to fully represent your side. And then the judge or the person who's going to make the decision is supposed to assess both sides of the story and that's how the decision is made. So you have a fiduciary duty to your side to represent your side to the best of your ability. And I respect that. But I think, um, and I think in medicine too, they're kind of taught like, this is how you have to think about it. If you get too emotional about it, you're not even going to be able to really do your job. You're going to slow down, whatever. So I get where it comes from, but I can also see how they can curate these 
these attitudes that feel amoral. And I think they probably are amoral. And then I was, we were talking about the report from Iron Mountain earlier. You read that it's shocking how, how devoid of morality the discussion is. The moral considerations are not part of the discussion. And I guess it's implied that there is a higher level. Kaczynski does this great in technological slavery, mm. uh, not advocating his tactics. Don't mm -hmm, think mm -hmm. anyone should be killed. Even little. We talked about it on the show, like uh, okay. the society and its future. Yes. Yes. So, so he was saying he was talking to these all these math professors, and they were just like, "But we're we're enhancing the information of humanity." It's like you're not doing shit. Like you gotta just stop smoking your own Kool Aid and admit that you just you're good at math. You teach it. You enjoy it. But don't tell me that you're really making a difference. Chances are you are encouraging people to do reckless things that are beyond the human capacity to really control. And because it's your area of expertise, your ego, you could get the glory. Mm -hmm. You underweight the, the harm it does to other individuals. And if there's a, a catastrophic failure in what you're doing and you die, well, you weighed that, but you didn't weigh that a thousand other people would die. Mm. So I feel like they probably think that they're doing some greater good. You know, I, I don't think they, in any kind of real self, you know, introspective way, but it's that ethical glass ceiling again, where they just stop asking questions when the answer is sure, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. And then like, just maybe someday some of them wake up and be like, Oh my God, what have I become? You know what I mean? Oh, they do. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's so crazy. It's so crazy. All right. So we got a few more minutes here. There's a few things I wanted to make sure that we go over real quick. So you had some thoughts on the whole Brittany Griner situation. Like, so now all of a sudden the United States government is in the business of getting people out of jail for like very small marijuana crimes. Like what's going on with that? <laughs> like, uh, Okay. So this is all I thought it was just a one, a quickie. What, uh, that she, when I realized that they, the deal they were cutting for her was to take a guy who we've had in custody for years mm. called the merchant of death and give him back to the Russians in exchange for a guy named Paul Whelan, who they've had for years, who they insist is a spy. I'm like, well, I'm not sure you're going to get public approval for putting the merchant of death in public enemy number one's hands again. But if you put an intersectionality um, sports hero with an anxiety disorder in the mix, you can cut any deal you want. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. All right. So let's think of this through here. Let's think this through here. So I used to make some bad decisions back then. I've talked very openly about like, you know, how I'm in recovery from drug and alcohol abuse, you know, like I'm a, I've been a counselor, you know, that whole thing. And I did some Great. stupid things back in the day and I have a few drug charges on my record. So do I need to go to Russia and like, you know, like <laughs> to get these wiped off my record or what's going on? So yeah. I mean, I feel like they probably set her up. They probably knew that it was going to be something that they could, um, that she would be a person who's reckless about that. And they, uh, they meaning us, because mm -hmm. they, I, I assume the US government wants Paul Whalen back. So they put this chick in harm's way or, or tipped off the Russians mm. and said, or they have a deal with the Russians, like our athletes get to vape, you know, THC yeah. if they want to. And the Russians are like, fine, we dope, you know, whatever. <laughs> Wow, exactly. You know, I don't know, but I feel like that that there is horse trading at those levels. I do think that to the extent that kind of stuff goes on, because why doesn't Putin out 9-11? Like there's at mm. some point there's some meh. Do we really want to blow it all up? Like that's what they said about Iran-Contra. It's like when the Democrats violated that rule to like not go there on the backroom deals, that's when the door was open and they impeached Clinton for sex stuff or whatever. Man, well, I hadn't heard that one. Is there a rumor out there that Putin has the dirt on 9-11? Is, is that what you're saying? Oh, I figure he, how okay. can he not? Dude, that would be so awesome. Yeah, and he must know Edward Snowden's story because <laughs> Edward Snowden is not in Russia. Yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. That's so, so crazy. He well, has to know. Come on, Putin. We're ready for you, man. All he right. has to know that ISIS is us because I know it. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And then it's the whole idea of like, you know, whoever we're funding and backing up today, fast forward 10 years. So I guarantee 10 years from now, we're going to oh, be yeah. fighting uh, the Azov Battalion. Ukraine. Oh, yeah, exactly. exactly. That's I it. hope if yep. we're going to, I hope they're not on our side anymore in 10 yeah. years. Yeah. So crazy. All right. How about uh, Zawahiri? You have some thoughts on this? Uh, oh, so this is what I do. This is how I do my research. I look mm -hmm. at the thing and I'm like, hmm. 
what's going on here? And then I Google what I think the answer is. And if I get a hit, I'm pretty sure that's the answer. So I have that about Ed Markey too, and going to yeah. Taiwan. So uh, I Googled, cause I was like, so here he was in, he was Osama bin Laden's partner. And like, there's no way he's not in on it. So either he knows something and we were rubbing him out or somebody else killed him and they want credit for, we want to take credit for it, or he was already dead. And why let a good, you know, dead terrorist go to waste? So I've Googled like Zahiri. Oh, this is what I did. I Googled, I put a time frame in it and I said, when was the last time this guy was in the news prior to 2022? Mm. And the last article I found was rumor has it Zahiri is dead from April, 2021. So I was like, oh, so he died and they had to do that. So that that's that. He There was nothing to that. Maybe they'll make something out of it for other reasons, but he was already dead. And then I did the same thing with Ed Markey. So I don't know if you noticed one of my recent deep dives was why did Nancy Pelosi go to Taiwan? Oh, I didn't catch that one. No, no, no. Okay. No, I had, I totally cracked the code on it and it's the most banal answer you could possibly imagine, which is she... Uh, and this was when I looked at, she had, a, she, she was there for 18 hours. She slept, I think for whatever, eight hours. And she spent time like getting a big medal and whatever. And the rest of the time she spent at TSMC, the Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company. And I was like, oh, she's cutting a deal because there's $50 billion of US money earmarked, which will be signed by Biden next week. So it's not in the news right now, but it'll be signed next week that... And they spend $20 million a year lobbying, which isn't a lot for them, but it's probably a lot to Nancy Pelosi's campaign. And she couldn't just have them in her office mm -hmm. like the day that thing passes with a record like that. So she went there. And uh, I feel like that is why she went to to make sure they understand that she's responsible for delivering this money to them and cut that deal personally. I think they do that on purpose. And then I saw Ed Markey was going to Taiwan. And the first thing I did was like, Ed Markey, TSMC. Mm. And on his own press release, it's like, he'll also be visiting TSMC. And I was just like, yes, he will be. Mm. <laughs> I yeah. think I don't know. So I feel like that's, they were, they're there to pay out that money that's supposed to be in the, in the thing. It says this is for US semiconductor manufacturing, but it's all going to go to foreign companies. Yeah. Well, it, not all, maybe, but I don't know if there are any, maybe Intel, I guess. Yeah. It's interesting to see how in this day and age, you still need to go in person to have that hand-to-hand, -hand, handoff transaction, right? You know. Plus, you I, think, I think they want to make sure, right, that they don't get surveilled. Like, I feel like that's mm -hmm. why McCain and John Brennan and stuff, people are like, secret trip to Ukraine. I'm like, yeah, he had to, like, go out in the woods and be like, yeah. hey, back, back daddy, come here. Like, yep. I, got, I got something for you. Yep, yep, yep. It's like the secret meetings on the tarmac or just like all these clandestine meetings. Yes. Just like the actual like handing over of a zip drive. Like this is too sensitive to be uh, yeah. submitted electronically. So like here we are, guys. So man, was there anything else on your on your plate, Monica? No, you are good. You all are right. really good. I love the rapid fire. I should, I should, uh, I'll stay more focused next time. I could hardly keep pace with you, but I love that. It's the best listening there is, is that fast paced, like hit it all, get all the really important stuff out there. So that yeah. uh, I, I, it's good. It's good to keep it tight. And I think we hit everything. I think so. Well, actually there was one other thing that I wrote down here that I thought was a really interesting, uh, I think it's a Monicaism. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. just maybe hopefully unpack it a little bit more so you were talking about and this just seems like basically like like just basic like machiavellian like politics like the way we see it these days like nothing is like on its face what it is it's always like scheming and plotting and stuff like that and you talked about the contrary law of democracy where to me i took that you were talking about it in one of your episodes but to me that seemed like um the best way to get something on your side get energy behind it is to have the enemy or not the enemy, you know, the other yeah, side. Yeah, the opposing, the opposition. And so, like, you know, that that's that comes up, you know, in discussions that I've had, too. It's like, well, maybe this is the best thing to happen to, to human liberty and freedom is for them to fully expose how evil and tyrannical they actually are. So let's just let them just go full-blown tyrannical on us so that we can finally wake everybody up and, like, make do something about it, right? I mean, that, I don't know. Well, that's, what do you a, on it? that's a great way to white pill, to use that as a white pill. I yeah. have two contrary laws of democracy. The first one is the thing that you're most afraid of, the opposition will not bring to you. you are, you've got your eye on them. Gun control, it will take a Republican. Like, it's your side will bring you the thing you hate the most because they're the only ones who can get you on board with it. That's why Trump had to oversee the lockdowns or there'd be 4 million long guns on the mall if Hillary was in the White House. 
So that's the first one. And then the second one is who did the raid on Mar-a-Lago? Trump. Because Mm -hmm. his, you know, fundraising went through the roof. People were galvanized. They want, I'm not saying he did, but that it would be this, the second part of the contrary law of democracy is when the other person wins. So when I was at WSB, one of the producers said, oh, we, we all hope, I don't know if she was speaking for everybody, but she said like, it's better for you if Obama wins because, mm-hmm. because I, then people will be galvanized on your side. Otherwise you spend your entire time defending whatever crappy Republican is in. Like you really want to spend your time defending Mitt Romney. Like, no, you just want to spend your time attacking Obama. Yeah, true. Well, you, in that rationale, like, you know, who wants Trump in office more than anybody in the whole world? CNN. <laughs> yes go. that's why jeff zucker trained him and put him in office yep yes oh, that's gosh. exactly that's right hilarious. yeah he trained him on the apprentice oh man i didn't i never made well, that it's case. amazing that you said that wow. because that is true people are like oh come on they hate him I'm like no they don't they love him yeah exactly exactly business has never been better so man Absolutely. and it's like and you know what too it's like you know with all these these shit like with truthzilla like we really got like and then this show like built kind of a reputation around covering COVID. Now COVID's going away. It's like, oh, oh yeah. Hmm. Yeah. No, I did. I noticed that. I was like, wow, I really, but that was why I felt like I could step back a little bit instead of like being on the air every single day. Because yeah. I used to get emails all the time of people like, I don't know anyone in my life who is sane about these things that seem so obvious to me. You know, you guys are uh, our life, you know, my lifeline here. And then those Thank God, like those emails fell away. Like I don't get those anymore because I think people, it's just like a war. You know, you come out the other side, the world has changed, but we remember, you know, they haven't really destroyed us. They have to take a step back that, you know, two steps forward, one step back. They have to, the remnant is still alive and well. And there's a lot of BS that they're just throwing at us right now with all of this domestic terrorism stuff and everything. But there are a lot of, uh, people seeing like a righteous path. So I I'm like getting more religious, even though I'm still like, I don't know if there's a God or not, but like, I just keep being like, but you know what? Like the, uh, I'm Catholic. And I think they have, they have a lot of stuff in place. That's positive, not negative. I know people, I hate the Catholics. Um, the Catholic church is just full of bad stuff. The Pope drinks baby's blood. Like I really actually think there's a chance that he drinks baby's blood, although he'd probably be in better health if he did that. <laughs> so, but, but they have, like good behavior. They have charity. They have um, like psychology. It's very helpful when you have a lot of times like anxiety and fear and stuff comes from like feeling untethered or having guilt. Like they have a lot of things that were from whenever, whenever it was good, like pro-human, even though it's pro-God, it's pro-spiritual, whatever. But I find it to be like pro, I have a book somewhere called like Plato, not Prozac. Like the idea that philosophy is really the answer to the problems and not big pharma. Like it should be philosophy, not pharma. And mm. to that extent, I think that there are people who are realizing that the answer is philosophical, it's spiritual, it's in it's in the it's in the uh you have the power to frame how you think about things and what you let affect you. And we're only here for 80, 90, 100 years. I mean what do you want out of it? Like, and if you're lucky, you know, you, you might just blink out. So think of it that way, like always take the long view. And it, I think it disempowers those guys. And, you know, if we're just animals who, you know, because of our thumbs got to do build bombs and, and we're just on a, you know, we're just going to blow up at some point, well, then we're just going to blow up at some, you know, we just can't handle it. But yeah. if, if we're not, if there's a, an immortal soul, then, we got that going for us. So I try not to get, I, I I hope that that's the next phase of like the lockdown thing that brought us all together. I think the next phase is to see more clearly about the true nature of power on earth and in the universe. Oh yes. I hope so. I hope so. And not, not, not the technological AI driven one that they're talking about, but more on like a spiritual enlightened, elevated spiritual plane that we're all working towards so yeah i agree monica thank you so much for joining me today holy crap that was fantastic thank you 
man, tell everybody where they can follow and support you, please. Great. Thank you so much. So I can, I, I like to chat on at Monica Perez show on Twitter. My uh, RSS feed is deep dives with Monica Perez. And right now, and for probably till the end of the year, that's going to be commercial free. It's got some bonus material in there. I uh, just want to introduce people to my new stuff, my deep dives, my buddy dives and my dive master interviews. They're all great. Yeah. Look, I got a lot of five-star reviews, which is super fun. And um, my website is Monica's deep dive deep Monica's deep dives.com. And I have my old archives there from my old show. That's my, that's my old website that is no longer, but I, but you can see if you get out to spontaneous combustion uh, that if you, so I have all my glossary terms there. I have like hundreds of terms over the years and you can really see what these guys are up to when you look at like the Rahm Emanuel doctrine. Like, you know what that is. It's never let a good crisis go to waste. And it has his clip. It has his quote. So there's just a lot of fun stuff there if you're not doing anything and you can always DM me on that and also tweet at me at Monica Perez show. Perfect. And why don't you tell, because I want this to be a buddy dive. So why yeah, don't you yeah. tell people about your product? Yeah, totally. So my name is Scott Armstrong. This is the show Rebunk News. The website's rebunk.news. You'll find links to cool. everything on there. Uh, Telegram, t.me forward slash rebunkpod is probably where I'm most active. Um, and uh, yeah, Twitter at rebunkpod. Thank you, Monica, so much. Such an honor to have you on as always. Like I've been listening and following you way before I even started podcasting. And speaking of like, you know, all of the, you know, like helping keep our sanity through the COVID things like you, Propaganda Report, like all the work that you've done over the years has been a huge impact on me, not just, uh, you know, informatively, but also like, you know, just, uh, as, as a broadcaster and as a podcaster. So thank you so much for everything. Appreciate it. That's so flattering. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Talk to you soon. Peace.